Neil Brown just has that it factor, I believe. He's like, called into the program. Everybody in the Big 12 is going to know his name, and all the quarterbacks are going to feel his pain. That underdog so, mentality has always been big for West Virginia. We're just heartbroken that we were not good at our jobs. He is the modern-day Don Nealon. Trust the climb. And now it's time for the Country Roads Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into the special signing day recap uh, live stream here on the Country Roads Webcast. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, joined by my co-host, Bradley. What's up, everybody? And here to talk some uh, WV football uh, recruiting. Uh, we're real excited about this uh 2022 class before we get into uh, some of the names and discuss them individually anything you want to open up with brother yeah i would say if anything this is something that we've been talking about a lot from up and up uh throughout the season i think that you and i definitely talked about it a lot so it's even just about the uh, uh the fact that we had a really strong recruiting class coming to this and it did take a big hit uh you know uh, there at the end of the season, some people dropping out and stepping back, and uh, you know we just don't have enough Instagram people on Instagram to really, you know, apparently keep some of these people a little salty about one of them. I, oh. yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think that we still got a lot to be excited about, and I think Neil Brown's done some good work, and the coaching staff has done some good work here um, in the weeks that they've had off, and they've really hit the recruiting trail hard, and uh, it's been fun to see. I mean, because we definitely had, I mean, it was dead during the season recruiting wise. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a lot early and then a lot here late. And then other than that, yeah, kind of a dead period, yeah, during the season seemed like. But uh, they've hit it hard for sure. Uh, really impressive class and, you know, still a lot to go. Uh, they've got 22, I think, that signed so far today. But they can get 32 this year with that waiver from the NCAA. And Neil Brown said they take, they're going to take full advantage of that and get the 32 by the time, you know, fall camp comes around next year. So uh, still 10 guys they're going to add. But, um it's looking like a good class though so far. Um, also, want to go ahead. I want to apologize. I'm, my laptop's on the fritz. Uh, I got an. I got a new one. Hopefully, uh, I'll have here in a couple weeks. But uh, if there's any technical yeah, difficulties, that's probably on my end. You know. So, yeah, it's it's long. It's long overdue. My my laptop's basically almost in two pieces right now. Like the screen's like yeah. barely hanging on by a thread. So, uh, but anyway, uh, let's get into some of these names. Uh, we'll just go through it. Uh, I got the list pulled up here on WV Sports. I believe it's alphabetically. So we'll go through it alphabetically and uh just kind of see as i name each guy get your thoughts on each one of our thoughts and uh we'll go through any questions pop up we'll answer them as we go along uh sound good sounds good to me i'm gonna try to find this list as well so i can keep up with you yeah should be i just went wvsports.com hit the sign and day special and then i went to the uh signee roster or whatever that's the alphabetical one i'm that's right you can go ahead. i here. definitely know a lot of them off the top of my head so you can go ahead and bring them up while we're all right uh we'll kick it off with uh Kind of the one of the bigger surprises, I think, a guy that I hadn't heard a lot about, but uh, led all of JUCO in uh, receiving yards. Also a good kick return guy. Uh, the latest uh, signee for the Mountaineers here, just coming in about an hour ago, was uh, Jeremiah Aaron, five foot eleven, one hundred ninety pound receiver, speedster, kind of quick, uh, quick twitch guy from Perlin, Texas, uh, via Navarro Community College there at the JUCO ranks. So. Uh, Coming to the Mountaineers is a, a solid receiver. The Mountaineers wanted to add a couple of receivers in this class, and they've done that uh, with the addition of Jeremiah Aaron as one of them. Um, any thoughts on uh, Jeremiah Aaron, Bradley? Yeah, one of the ones that I haven't kept up with exclusively on uh, Twitter today that I can keep up with off top of my, my uh, top of my mind. To me, that sounds a lot like uh, 
what we've got in Winston, right? Shorter guy, quick speed, yeah. a little bit of twitchiness. That kind of person has seemed to thrive under Neil Brown's uh, coaching so far. I mean, Winston Rice has done really well. So I think that it's a smart idea to go back out there. We seem to have gotten some of the tall, long guys out there with the Caden Prathers and some of the other ones that can hold their own on the outside. So I think it's good that we're going for another guy because we really don't have another Winston right on our team, you know, that small, twitchy kind of guy. Um, Reese Smith is kind of smaller, but he's really good hands, uh, fundamentally sound. So it's nice to see us going after, you know, a guy that can help uh, fill in that role for when Winston Wright leaves because I'm sure, you know, uh, he's getting up there now. Uh, I'm sure we'll see him leave the program. So it would be nice to have a guy that's kind of like right there to help learn some this year and maybe step in next year. So. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, you know, I think uh, the return game is something that uh, he could definitely factor into. And I think West Virginia could use that. Of course, you got Winston Wright on kicks, but you're going to need a part returner now with uh, Iggy, Ez- Iggy Esdell leaving. And, uh, you know, Malasevich may fill in there, but uh, he had some woes there this season. So I think he'd like to get maybe a little bit more sure thing there, a little bit more explosive there. So he's a guy that maybe could could factor in there, I think. Uh Got Ryder in the comments. Let's go. Hey, Mountaineers. Yeah, Ryder there, co-host of the CRW Hoops, friend of the pod. Uh, good to see you in here, Ryder. Um, anyways, moving on down the list, uh, another guy that I know you're really excited about, and, you know, a lot of people were worried that he may flip, you know, started getting a lot of attention late from his highlight film. Uh, I think he got a bump in the recruiting rankings, but he's a guy that I think can come in and contribute. West Virginia needs some help in the secondary, and we're talking about Mumu Ben Wahad. Uh, corner slash safety. Uh, got him listed as a corner here. I don't know if he projects the safety. I'd always heard that he did, but uh, he could play either one, I suppose. A uh, six foot 180 guy from Atlanta, Georgia, Grayson High School. This is a guy that's film really just pops off. He can he can do it all. He, he reads coverage as well. He you know understands the route concepts and uh, really uh, just by his film, I think that's you know his the season that he had this year. I think that's why a lot of teams were trying to get in on him late, maybe flip him away from West Virginia. But he does not waver. Signs with the Mountaineers. Uh, thoughts on Moomoo, Bradley? Yeah, for this is one of the guys I definitely keep up with a lot on Twitter. Uh, love the kid. Moomoo Bunwahad is going to be uh, a Mountaineer name starting day one, I think. I think we got a couple kids in this class that are going to come out and probably get playing time significantly this first year. Um, he's really exciting to watch. I mean, he's got some, some it factor back there. And I think that you're going to see flashes of, you know, some Carl Joseph and some uh, – there's another one that one did the uh, yeah i think you're gonna see some flashes back there of just like a, a real real talented player back there you're gonna see his number everywhere super excited yeah absolutely that's a guy that's a guy that you know what she needs help in the secondary who knows he could uh see some play in time early we'll, we'll see how that how that plans out but i think he's underrated yeah incredibly devoted to the mountaineer program already too so if you guys want somebody to get behind that's really going to eat up like mountaineer love that's going to be your guy because after some of these other guys decommitted uh, there at the end of the year, um, Mumu was one of the first people to step in. But like I'm early enrolling, you know I'm I'm still committed to this very heavily. And then you saw him and Nico link up a lot, and so that's a really good uh, you know interesting dynamic. You know the guy sitting back there that's gonna uh, you know can help Nico and Nico can help him out. You know just learning some of this stuff as they go along because that's two completely opposing positions there. So it's cool to see that dynamic kind of building. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've seen that a lot of these guys in this uh, 2022 class seem like they're pretty close already, not even not even on campus yet, which a lot of them are going to enroll early and they'll be on campus here in, you know, about just about four weeks. It's crazy to think, but I think Moo is one of those guys and a couple others we'll talk about down the line. But uh, next up, uh, going alphabetically here, Eric Burton, the defensive end, really long, rangy guy, I like his size, six foot five, 210 pound 
guy. You know, maybe he needs to put on a little weight with that 6'5 frame. But he's a guy that I think can, can definitely help West Virginia. And, you know, Neil Brown's been uh, striking a lot of these uh, international recruits, and he's another one uh, from Germany, played at Clearwater Academy, which is where we got Akeem Mesidor from. So that's a good sign there. But got to like his link there, don't you think, Bradley? For sure. I And there's one I've kind of tried to watch some of his highlights, not necessarily just his highlights, but <clears> – <throat> They had some games posted on YouTube this year from Clearwater Heights out there. So I definitely tuned into some of those and watched him. He looks really sound. Um, yeah, I think that he's going to be a really good two-deep man that's going to step in there. And, you know, he's got room to grow. He's got a big, like, good size to him. So I'm excited about Eric Burton. He seems really bought in on the program as well. One of those guys that's, you know, actively just, hey, I love this. I love what I got going on. And he's super excited to play for us. So, yeah, I think that the, we could see good things come out of him. And we've had <clears throat> great success on the defensive front so far. So why would this not be the place that's going to continue to grow really quality young men at that spot? Yeah, absolutely. De- defensive line's been the strength. And I think with some of these guys coming in, that should should hopefully continue. Uh, moving on down the line here, we got Raleigh Collins, the third um, U.S. Army All-American, along with, you know, of course, Nico, who we'll talk about here in a little bit. But guy that a lot of people were projected maybe to be a corner or a safety, but West Virginia likes him as an outside linebacker. Um, I think you could see him in that uh, wheel linebacker spot possibly moving forward or even in that rover package they use where they kind of use that uh, wheel linebacker moving around a little bit, you know, something different that not a lot of teams do. Another guy I think is going to be a theme throughout this is, is length. You know, the Mountaineers wanted to get longer, and I think they did. They wanted athleticism, and they got it with uh, Raleigh Collins who was played both sides of the ball and was really – Really uh, talented on both sides of the ball. Fast guy, um, you know, may need to add a little weight as well, which, you know, a lot of these guys will have the opportunity to do that because a lot of these guys are probably get a red shirt, you know, at least a strong percentage of them. But I like Raleigh Collins' potential. Six foot three, 185-pound linebacker from Delaware um, via Newman Goretti High School. Um, any thoughts on Collins? Yeah, Raleigh Collins, I think, is going to be one of those guys that you're going to see step in and probably <clears> – <throat> he's not going to get a – I don't think he'll be competing for a starting role. He might be because the linebacker is where we've been kind of weak at. And so, you know, he can come in and really start fighting for some playing time. And I think that he's going to be another name that you're going to watch in the defense. Like I said, he's going to be one of those kids that is going to get some playing time this year because I think that uh, six foot three, two oh five. I don't know how you – if he comes in and just really gets to work, uh, he's somebody to be excited about. Yeah, absolutely. I, lo- I love his speed. You know, you love to have that speed on the field on defense, especially at the linebacker position. We've seen how lethal that can be, and I think that's a guy that's really athletic, good speed, and can make a difference in the future for West Virginia. Um, yeah. Popping in the comments here, we got Fletch Annual. How many recruits from this year do y'all think are going to be busts? Um, ideally, ideally none. I mean, I, there's not really too many people in this class that I, that I look at and say, hey, this guy might be a bust, really. But I think that all overall, it's a pretty solid class. So, I mean, hopefully none. I mean, granted, uh, that's not probably going to happen in a, in a perfect world. It would, but you may have, you know, typically you have one or two. But I think they made an emphasis in this class. You know, Neil Brown spoke today that he thought in their first recruiting class, you know, they kind of got in late, and some of those guys, you know, they were talented, but a lot of them weren't really fits. And you know, I think he really regretted, you know, not focusing on the players that would fit the program style and and everything like that, that they try and run, you know, a really um, – trying to think of the word he used, organized program, something like that. He said to that extent, paraphrasing a little bit. But yeah. – and I think – so that I think that was a big deal for them is to get guys that they all fit the culture with this class. So, ideally, hopefully all these guys, you know, end up sticking around and um, aren't bust. So, um, that's just kind of the way I see it. I th- I'm pretty excited about most of this class. Uh, anything you want to add there, Bradley? 
Yeah, like you said, ideal world that we don't want to see him be bust. But I really feel like in like today's game, we might not even get to see if these kids are bust or not. Because if you're not going to come in and like at least be competing for starting work in your first two years, then you're probably going to transfer out. Which is sad yeah, to that's say, and it just sad but true. And we're the ones learning it the hardest because WVU looks more and more like a stepping stone school, a stepping stone school, and we don't want to become that. And so, you know, I think that's why it's really tough on, you know, Neil Brown's gone through his first three years. He got in late his first year, second year's a COVID year, third year he finally gets some work in, and, you know, it's not a great product. And so it's it's even more stress put on the man. But I really do think that a lot of these guys are going to start transferring out. That's the name of our game. And I said that um, this year is really going to show if we are going to be getting just as much out of the transfer portal as we are putting in. I don't think that we're going to match the exact same. I think we're still going to be a little under this year. Because as we get better, more kids are going to want to transfer here. But I think that it's going to be really important for us to go out there and not settle for, you know, kids under the level that we're losing. You know what I mean? Like we go out, we get right. Lynn J. Dixon, really impressive pickup. You know, we're picking some other uh, transfer guys that, you know, are really filling in the spots that we need. And there's some more that we can watch. And so I really expect Neil Brown, and I hope Neil Brown takes these extra scholarships that he's getting and really tries to recruit hard in that transfer portal and just see, you know, if we can plug in some quality guys that – because if we're losing them, we need to be getting back just as much. It's just got to – that's how it's going to have to be. So I don't – are these kids going to be a bust? Maybe, but it probably won't even be here, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the thing. They'll probably go find their level, step down or step sideways, and, you know, probably be successful wherever they land. Yeah, I don't even. Yes, yeah, so I don't even know if you could call it a bust, really. But some of them may not end up finishing their career here. So I don't know if that would uh, quantify a bust necessarily, because they could go somewhere else and have success. But you know, ideally, all these guys would stick around. But that's just not uh, the name of the game anymore. You know, you see it everywhere: players transferring in and out. And that's that's you know something Neil Brown spoke to. He said, you know, you can have your your uh, scholarship numbers of what you want, you know, your quota at each position. He said, but the reality is you're probably not going to feel that quota at each position anymore. He said, you know, you're not going to have five or six running backs like you used to because you're going to have two or three of them transfer if you have that many. He said, so it's just, you know, completely different now, and they're having to adjust, and as is everyone across the nation having to adjust to this. But uh, the transfer portal taketh, but the transfer portal also also give, giveth, um, if I could get it out right. But, um, you know, you, you mentioned it. Yeah, you know, a little, little tongue-tied, you know, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing, uh, say I can't even, I can't even formulate a sentence that I lost my train of thought. Nothing out of the ordinary, exactly, thank you, you know, uh, I tend to, uh, to uh, trip over my words occasionally, but I'll, I'll get there eventually, I always do, but uh, I know you mentioned it briefly, the next guy on the list we're going to talk about is a transfer in, and this is a big one, Lynn J. Dixon, the Clemson running back, 5'10", 195 pound uh, running back from Georgia originally, like I said, transferred from Clemson, uh, been a backup, you know, spelled um, Travis E. Dean uh, year before last, uh, played in a few games this year before hitting the transfer portal. Uh, when he transferred, second all-time in Clemson history in yards per carry. So he's a guy that can really, really make some noise and really could be the heir apparent to Letty Brown. And when I heard Chad Scott talk today as well as Neil Brown, and, you know, they lost Justin Williams, the recruit we talked about, and I think they – really replaced him with even, you know, possibly even better option with Lynn J. Dixon, someone with experience. But they said with the running backs they have now, they have a lot of power guys, you know, guys that are patient, hitting the hole. And they said they wanted someone that's explosive, someone that can make a person miss and really take the distance, have a home run hitter, some 
a kind of an element that they haven't had at that position since they got here. And they said they really found that in Lynn J. Dixon. Chad Scott spoke and said that he's a guy that can make people miss in space. And, you know, if he makes one person miss, he can take it the distance. So you may have a potential home run hitter and a potential starting running back, you know, going to be battling with Tony Mathis for sure in Lynn J. Dixon, the Clemson transfer. Yeah. I'm Okay. So I've got feelings about Lynn J. Dixon. <clears throat> I think that he's got the talent and the ability to be um, the first dominant running back. We've, we've had some really great running backs. Levy Brown, great running back. But do I think that he's going to translate extremely well to the NFL? No. I mean, he could be, he could be one of those guys that goes out and get consistent carries, you know, helps fill in. But I think Lynn J. Dixon has that chance to be a force. Like, I mean, an absolute terror running. It's not just, you know, blocking, but he's a playmaker and just a, a ball breaker. But I think that I know he had issues at Clemson and I, you know, I'm not intimate with those issues that he had, um, but that's going to be one of the things to watch. I don't want him to come into our running back room. If he's got, you know, if he's struggling and he's not doing great, I don't want him to be uh, not necessarily that it would just be his on his behalf, but I don't want there to be, we've got two great running backs in the wing. So we've got Tony Mathis and we got Justin Johnson that both look really good. And if we can build upon that in a positive way, I'm all for it. But I think that that's one of the things that's going to have to be watched. So yeah. I know that he said he had a lot of growing up to do. I hope he's done some growing up. And if he has, then I think, like I said, he's got a chance to be the next true Steve Slayton, a guy that's really going to be a West Virginia dominant running back that just powers his way through, yeah. especially behind a good offensive line that we're going to have next year. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. Fingers crossed everyone stays. Awesome, I was about to say, because, you know, they got this year together and they potentially have 2023 together too, that offensive line. Uh, speaking of, uh, Ryder Deem in the comments here on YouTube makes a good point. Uh, Dixon probably spitting, splitting with Mathis next year. Yeah, I think so. I think that you'll have a heck of a one-two punch too with that because you'll have a power guy and a speed guy kind of fire and ice, if you will. And I know a lot's been made about his exit from Clemson. But I was pleased to hear um, Neil Brown, you know, because he evaluates these guys. And if he thinks, you know, they're bad attitude or bad fit, you know, I don't think he would take them. And he said today when sp speaking about Lynn J. Dixon that he spoke to the people at Clemson. He spoke to C.J. Spiller. You know, he, he spoke to the coaches. And he said they all had nothing but good things to say about him. So I think that that's good that he still – they still maintain a positive attitude toward Lynn J. Dixon despite, you know, his exit from the team and things like that. So – uh, moving forward, I think Lin Jay's definitely got a bright future. Two years left to play, and uh, him and Tony Mathis could be a force to be reckoned with for the next two years together, splitting that time. Um, you know, kind of two different backs that could complement each other really well. And uh, something about Lin Jay that really caught my eye, and uh, I don't know if anybody else picked up on this. I'm sure that I'm not the only one. But um, I know I made a bold prediction, you know, a few games left in the season that I thought Daggy may come back. But now, you know, ESPN, you know, again, the Kansas or Texas game, whichever said, you know, the report that they did that he said that he was coming back. But I think that's changed. And here's here's my reason why the, and my bold prediction being that Daggy's not coming back next year. If you look at Lynn J. Dixon, um, when he was at WVU, he posted, you know, in the number two jersey. And since then, he's put a, his profile picture as a hat with the number two. And he's changed his bio to read running back number two at West Virginia. So um seems like he's been promised that number two jersey, and that's going to have to be freed up by Daggy leaving. So I could be reading too much into it, but, uh, I, I, you know, I, th I think he put that up there for a reason. You know, he's going to think he's wearing number two. He's going to be wearing number two. So I don't know. We'll see. But I thought that yeah, was interesting. That's a, that's a pretty small detail that I wouldn't, didn't even think about. But, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> so, yeah, interesting for sure. And for I mean, sure. So, uh, it's so It's so hard to look at Nico and not think that that guy is a program-changing quarterback. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, it's so hard to yeah. look at him and not think that. 
that's why I said one of the I can't remember which assistant because there were so many assistants on that uh, signing day special they did today there on the WVU uh, Facebook page. They had about every assistant coach on there at one point or another. But uh, one of them, you know, they was asking, you know, what were you guys trying to get with this class? And he said, he said definitely, he said, you know, we wanted to go out and get a pro. What and this is a quote, you know, I may paraphrase it a little bit, but he did say program changing type of quarterback. And so that's what they see Nico as. And of course, we'll get to get to Nico more here here in a minute, but you know, that's that's big to just use those words uh moving forward. But uh next we got a pair of offensive linemen. We'll just talk about both of them here together. I think Western had four or five offensive linemen, I believe, in this class, but uh two of them here, uh starting with Maurice Mo Hamilton, six foot four, three hundred and thirty-five pounder. So that's huge coming in as a freshman with that type of size from uh Cleveland, Ohio via Cleveland Heights High School. And then Charlie Katarinchik Six foot five, two hundred eighty-five pounder from Pittsburgh. Um, any thoughts on the two offensive linemen there, Bradley? Yeah, so I uh, Mo's real vocal on Twitter, so you know I'm following him. Um, love the guy. I mean, I saw all of his highlights or him. He might as well apply for a job at IHOP because boy, does he know how to make a pancake. It is beautiful. <laughs> I've I mean, seen that. Yeah, it's he's got some good ones. On the back, you want to see an offensive lineman play offensive line well. Go watch Maurice Hamilton. The guy looks stout, looks good. And you guys should go watch his video for his like commitment today. The guy speaks in a true baritone voice. I mean, he is. Oh well, he's got a deep, deep voice. It's kind of insane. It it caught me off guard. You know, go look at him if anything, just to hear him talk because he. I swear, he speaks in a full baritone. He looks really good. Charlie Katarinik. I mean, that's a big, big body, big frame. Um, I think he'll come in and uh, definitely be in the two deep. Out there, I don't. Would you say is he six foot six? So we're looking at like tackle size. Uh, yeah, six he six. Even, I think uh, he might even yeah, squeeze down the guard. Might be the guy that yeah, behind six four six five. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, two. We went out and hit offensive line heart in this recruiting class. So, yeah, I love I love to see it. You know, I think with uh Charlie Katarinchik, you know, may you probably put a little bit more weight on him. You know, red shirt probably. You know, good chance both those guys redshirt, but uh, like you said, Mo has the film and he definitely has the size already to you know be ready to contribute at this level. It's just probably a matter with him just getting the technique down and the system down. You know, offensive line they say is one of the hardest positions to play as a freshman, which really speaks to what West Virginia has done the past two years with Zach Frazier and Wyatt Milam and how good those two guys are to be able to do that. You know, back to back freshman All Americans for sure. But West Virginia has put a focus on offensive line. They've really built it. The position was really down when they got here, and they've really built it up right now, as as we've seen this year. You know, especially second half of the season when those guys really started coming along and gelling. And I think you got a couple good ones there in Mo Hamilton and Charlie Katarinchik. And then uh, moving on to another transfer uh, via junior college. Uh, initially had committed to WVU back in the past. He ended up at Syracuse before heading to uh, JUCO there at East Mississippi Community College. And we're talking about Lee Coba, six foot one, two hundred twenty-five pounder, hometown of Winston Salem, North Carolina. And this is a guy that I think could come in and contribute right away. Really high motor on this guy, and uh, West Virginia likes him a lot, and rightfully so. He's a guy that could I think fill in and get some playing time early on. Don't you think, Brad? Yeah, for sure. Um... I think that, again, that's a linebacker spot. I think that we really are in desperate need of some confident linebackers back there, and I agree with you that Lee Kapogabuk could definitely come in, and he's going to be flying around that field day one probably. Absolutely. Uh, Ryder here in the comments adding in, I uh, think Ollie Straw, uh, the punter which we signed, was in number nine, which we just retired. So, yeah, he's probably not going to be uh, wearing that one. But he says it could be nothing with Daggy, but definitely could be something. Yeah, I know. It's, it's interesting, if nothing else. You know, it's – 
it's kind of uh, intriguing. Like I said, you know, a lot of times when they're wearing those jerseys in the pictures, I didn't think anything of it. So at the time when I, you know, just saw the video of him in the, in the two jersey, but what stuck out to me was him changing his bio to where it said, you know, West Virginia running back number two, too. So I don't know. Could be nothing, but could be interesting. We'll see. Yeah, there's, a, there's a little uh, bit difference between a punter and a uh, a four-star running back that you're trying to true. persuade to come to your school <laughs> or another school. You know, that Very number true. two could be a big determining factor in some of these guys. And then let's move on to another linebacker, four-star guy, one of the highlights of the class. Of course, uh, I know we were all really excited when we landed him. He signed early this morning. We're talking Travis Trey Lathan, six foot two, two hundred ten pounder, out of Homestead, Florida, Florida via Gulliver Prep High School. Uh, big time get for West Virginia. You know they've got a couple couple big-time players out of Florida. You know, Travis Trickett's really done a heck of a job recruiting down there in Florida since they moved him down there. And West Virginia really putting a strong foothold in Florida, Georgia, um, a lot of the places in the south. And uh, he's, a, he's a big get, you know, to steal him out of Florida there. Like him, think he's got potential. Um, you know, at 210, they may want to add a little weight. But, you know, he's athletic enough that I think he could see some playing time as early as next season. Uh, like what I see from Trey Lathan, uh, what about you? Yeah, again, another guy that could step in that linebacker position and play day one. I mean, he's got the ability and the talent and uh, the effort to make this really work out well for him. So he could definitely be a stout guy that we have just in the backfield that's going to be hopefully in a Mountaineer uniform for many years to come. And he could be another uh, game changer for us back there on the defensive end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sticking, sticking with the defense, uh, another transfer – uh, this one is a home a home state kind of guy in Zaquai Lawton. Uh, West Virginia missed out on him early. He went to Cincinnati, you know, during the recruiting cycle, but hit the transfer portal this year, and the Mountaineers are winding up with him. Either way, you know, bringing the in-state kid back home. Six foot three, 266 pounder, so good size on him. And I think that, you know, Neil spoke that he could contribute, you know, right away. And I think with that size and with his experience, you could definitely see that, you know, filling in where you're you're losing a guy like Dante Steeles, you know, you could definitely have him in the rotation. We saw West Virginia this year uh, use several defensive linemen and try and get a good rotation there to not wear guys down and keep guys fresh. And I think he's a guy you'll definitely see in the ro rotation moving forward. Uh, what do you think about the transfer from Cincinnati, Bradley? Yeah, I really wanted Walton uh, um, when he was coming out of high school. I thought we were, had a really good chance at getting him. He was a really good-looking three-star player. Um, and I was really sad to lose out on him to Cincinnati because he's somebody that I really kept up with pretty well on Twitter. And it was like, you know, one of my first recruiting heartbreaks to watch him like not get signed because I was really, I really thought we had a chance at him. And uh, well, we did have a chance at him, but we got him back. So I was glad to see him uh, come right. back and be home in that blue and gold, you know. Uh, ball don't lie. You should have came here in the first place, whatever. But <laughs> hey, better um, late than never. Yeah, I think that he'll, he'll step in and it'll be kind of nice to have a parallel to our offensive line where we've got two West Virginia boys on the defensive side again. We've had, uh, you know, the Stills brothers, but now we got uh, Walton and Martin out there, you know, some Southern boys. We had some boys from Fairmont. Now we got some boys from Charleston and um, Bluefield out of there. So, you know, it'll be fun to see some West Virginia guys on the other side of the ball uh, again, a nice little duo that could lead the way forward. So. Absolutely. Um, the next, uh, my favorite personally offensive lineman in this class, I think, um, underrated, like his film a lot. You know, I think that he's a guy that kind of flew under the radar a little bit um, right there out of the heart of ben T Big Ten country. They get him from the state of Indiana, and we're talking about Landon Livingston, six foot four, 290-pounder 
from Leo, Indiana and Leo High School. Um, like I said, I really like the guy. I don't know if he'll contribute right away, and that's that's the good thing about it now. West Virginia is to the point where I don't think these freshman offensive linemen will have to contribute uh, right away like they had you know, early here in the Neil Brown regime, but uh, they've got that offensive line built up now, and like we said, they've got five guys that should all stay together this season and next season, so uh, you should really have a chance to develop some of these offensive linemen that you're bringing in in this class and potentially in next year's class as well. But I do like what I see uh, from Landon Livingston. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Landon Livingston. He's uh, super vocal about loving being a Mountaineer, so I love seeing that. Um, this is one of those guys you're talking about, Neil Brown's looking forward when he says he wants program-devoted guys because nowadays, like we were talking about the transfer portal, you really need guys that are going to be committed to stay here and you know grow and work if this is the place that they want to kind of become themselves at. Um, and he's one of those guys, and I definitely think that he'll get registered this freshman year. But, I mean, he looks – he's got the frame, he's got the build, he's got the personality to really be a beloved person in Mountaineer in the blue and gold. So I'm really excited to see him come on the campus because I think that uh, he'll be a fan favorite. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, speaking of fan favorites, the next guy we're going to talk about is is the fan favorite, the one that everybody wants to talk about since he committed. You know, a lot of talk, oh, is he going to stick with us? Is he going to stick with us? But he never wavered for a second. He came to multiple games, even came to a couple of away games, you know, footed the bill himself. I believe uh, Neil said that he showed up at the TCU game. Uh, Him and his grandma were there. And so just a huge supporter of the Mountaineers through and through. Um, The highlight of the class for a a lot of people, you know, the highest ranked player in the class, depending on which service that you look at. And we're talking a U.S. Army All-American quarterback, the Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Arizona, and we're talking about Nico Marchio, the six foot three, two hundred eighteen pound quarterback out of Chandler, Arizona, via Hamilton High School. Um, this is a guy that has a lot of high hopes. Um, you know, top twenty all time recruit that West Virginia has ever signed. You know, one of the twenty, one of the top twenty highest rated that West Virginia has ever signed, and I believe maybe the third highest quarterback West Virginia has ever signed. I looked at it uh, yesterday, but he's definitely up there. And he's a guy that people are excited about, and rightfully so. Um, learned today, you know, something I didn't know. He's a three-time uh, state champion as a wrestler also. So it's a guy that's tough, athletic. And you heard Neil Brown talk about him today for the first time, now that the coaches can talk about him since he signed. You know, of course, NCAA rules, you can't talk about recruits by name till they're signed, uh, what have you. But you finally hear Neil Brown say that he thinks he has the it factor. People flocked to him even when he visited. The team really took to him. And, you know, he just – you can tell he's got something that everybody wants to be a part of. Everyone everyone dapped him up, you know, as soon as they saw him, was drawn to him. And he's a he's a natural leader is uh, what he said. And, you know, to hear Neil say that he has that it factor I think is big. He can make every throw, um, can throw on the run, can, you know, change up the arm position, different, different releases if necessary. Even you've seen him do that. You've seen him – in prime time this year on an ESPN televised game, bring his team back, uh, lead a comeback, ice in his veins, and uh, just a guy that's potential is absolutely through the roof. Um, what else is there to say about Nico, Brad? Yeah, guy's absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I don't know any other way to put it, and I don't think I'm just blowing smoke up the kids, but you watch him play, and he is an absolute game changer and it's insane to watch him play because he just plays with a love for football he plays with the passion for football he plays with some grit and some toughness and i mean i don't know how you get more west virginia than that kid right there and if i think neil brown's super excited about him i think he's kind of been holding that close to the vest because i mean you can't talk about him anyway 
but I think that Neil Brown is excited for this guy. And uh, I don't, I want to see him. I don't, it's not me making a prediction if I think he will or not. I want to see him start. Like I want it yeah. so bad because if, even if he comes out and he's not great, like I just know it, it's kind of like the same feeling I had about Neil Brown. It wasn't necessarily like, I, I love the person and I think that they're also a great football player, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like I absolutely. Thought, I love Neil Brown and I thought he was a great coach and it's like, I, Big fan of Nico, and uh, I he's going to be successful, amazingly successful somewhere, and I want that place to be West Virginia University. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, I think this is a guy that you're talking about as the future of the program. Like I said, uh, the assistant's calling him a program-changing type of quarterback. So, you know, that's big, someone that you can build your program around. And, you know, we talk about the arm talent. He can make every throw, but it's a guy that's a dual threat as well, um, can hurt you with his legs. So that's big, you know. Neil Brown wants a dual threat at quarterback, hasn't gotten to have one really yet, you know, as his starting quarterback. But I think that's going to change moving forward, looking at the players that he's recruiting and getting in here. And Nico, you know, I think that everyone wants him to start, you know, myself included. Uh, that, that would be huge. You know, we want, we'd love to see him a four-year starter at quarterback. And, you know, I, I don't know if it will happen, but, you know, you heard Neil Brown be asked about it. And he didn't shoot the idea down. He said, let's wait to see him at spring practice, see how it goes. He said quarterback's a hard position to play as a freshman. And it truly is. Looking at West Virginia themselves, if he was to start, that would just show you how talented he is because West Virginia hasn't had a true freshman start at quarterback since it was either 74 or 75. So since 1974 or 1975, so, you know, almost 50 years since a true freshman started at quarterback for West Virginia. So, if Nico does, then that just goes to show you the type of player that you have in Nico Marchiol. Yeah. Moving yeah. on along now. Yeah. 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 He's, a, he's a stud. I mean, what else can you say? You know, it's it's well documented that this guy is is the future of WB football potentially, and uh, everyone's excited and rightfully so. So just can't wait to see him on campus, and he'll be here in just a few short weeks. So that's exciting. Uh, moving along, uh, Hershey McLaren. Safety, another JUCO guy, six foot two, two hundred three, hometown of Friendship, Mississippi, uh, coming via Jones County Junior College, and uh, this is a guy that I think uh, led uh, JUCO in, in interceptions, if I remember uh, reading that stat co- correctly. But former high school quarterback, so you know he's athletic, and you know he knows what the quarterback's looking for. Moved to safety at the JUCO and is really a star. Got great size there at six foot two, two hundred three, athletic, and West Virginia really need someone at safety, you know, you've got some of these young guys that redshirted this year. You saw St. McLeod playing towards the end of the season, those guys that got potential, but you really need to fill some holes at safety. West Virginia losing three seniors at those positions with Scotty Young, Alonzo Adai, and Sean Mahone moving on. So you're definitely going to have new starters at safety, and this is a guy that could factor in uh, to that competition, don't you think, Brad? Yeah, I think for sure. And this is one of the ones where I was talking about a couple weeks ago where Neil Brown needs to really go out and hit that defensive back end really hard. Uh, between linebackers and DBs, it just as like at some place we're going to have to fill in because we just could not survive with the injuries that we had going on last year, and I think that this is some a, a good product of that. Just going out there and making you find, making sure you find some hole fillers for this year because I think No Brown's building up to try to have a big year this year. So, yeah, I think this is one of those kind of moves. Yeah, absolutely. This is a guy that you know you go get with the hopes that he can contribute right away, and hopefully he comes in. and uh, I don't know if he's enrolling early, but that would be big help if he is, and you know can get a get a uh, step ahead on things and um, hopefully contribute there at safety. Uh, moving on down uh, to the next player, Corbin Page, uh, tight end, six foot five, 243 pounds, so great size already. Spring Valley High School produces another Mountaineer. Uh, they continue to do it, hometown of Huntington, West Virginia. Neil Brown said when he got here they wanted to lock down this state, not let the top talent get away. 
and he's proven to do just that. Uh, Corbin Page, the top recruit in the state of West Virginia this season, signs him. Uh, so that would be every year since Neil's been here, he has signed the top recruit in the state of West Virginia, continuing that streak with Corbin Page. I think it's a, a guy that you now have a hole to fill with T.J. Banks leaving. I think he has prototypical size. You know, a guy like Charles Finley's been here a couple years. I think he came in at 215. And so Corbin coming in at 6'5", 243 is big. Um, he can block. He can do all the things that he needed to do. And, you know, outside of Mike O, I think he's coming in as your best uh, pass catching, best already, you know, pass catching option as a tight end. Uh, you know, they split him out at receiver even at uh, Spring Valley this year, and he was just, you know, open by birth, as Neil Brown likes to say, with that height at 6'5". Great size, got a lot of high hopes for Corbin Page, and I think uh, you'll see him on the field uh, next season. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, definitely going to see him next season. It's uh, I I think it showed on the field that when we had a really competent line, uh, linebacker, tight end in there, that you know our game improved. Mike O coming back was massive, and losing him and TJ Banks came on strong in the end. You know when he was playing mm-hmm. well, our defense really, uh, I mean our, our team offense just really uh, got boost, got a boost from that. So I think Corbin Page is going to have a chance to come in. Love to see a West Virginia boy. We almost lost him. People thought he might be going to Virginia Tech. I think. Yeah, um, yeah, so it's a lot of worried about him flipping. So I was, I was excited to see him sign. Yeah, it's big to get him in. Not that it's guaranteed, but you know, it's big to have him in. So, um, yeah, I think he's West Virginia boy. Like you said, that I think that's what makes me most excited about it. I love to see oh, West yeah. Virginia kids get playing time. And, um, yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll have all the Mountaineer Nation behind him, especially. Yeah, and I think West Virginia now has six or seven guys on the roster from Spring Valley High School, so they continue to produce Mountaineers. And you know, Neil Brown in his press conference today pointed out that. Um, you know, whether it's this season or, or next season or what have you, that potentially you could have three Spring Valley guys all beside each other on that line when you got Doug Nestor at right guard, Wyatt Milam at right tackle, and Corbin Page at tight end. Three guys all from the same high school right there side by side. So that would probably be a first, I'm sure, but uh, pretty cool there. Yeah, it would be real exciting. Uh, moving on, you know, one of the uh, guys that West Virginia got, got to commit from, you know, late, I believe just a few days ago, and then – he comes in and signs, and this is a guy that really flew under the under the radar. Neil Brown talked about he was 185 pounds, and that's the reason why he threw uh, flew under the radar as a defensive uh, lineman. But he really put on weight, you know, a year ago being 185 pounds, all the way up to 260 pounds now uh, before he graduates. And this guy's a Sawney Redwood defensive lineman, 6'3", 260 from Suwannee, Georgia, Collins Hill High School. And this guy was an absolute stud of a pass rusher. I think Neil Brown said he's only been playing football for a couple of years. I think he's from uh, Jamaica, I want to say. Uh, originally is where Neil Brown said he's from. Grew up playing soccer. Started playing football. You know, came in 185, 190 pounds. They bulked him up to 260. And this guy had 52 quarterback hurries, 43 and a half tackles for loss, and broke the uh, school record and I think maybe the Georgia State record for sacks. I think he had 19 and a half, almost 20 sacks in a season. And we're not talking, uh, you know, he's not doing it against bad competition. It's at the highest level of football in Georgia, one of the most talent-rich states. And uh, some of the the coaches compared him to someone else that flew under the radar that they got a couple years ago in Akeem Mesidor, and we've seen how that worked out. So Asani Redwood may be the steal of the class in my opinion. Yeah, I remember because he kind of came on late. I didn't really hear much about him until mm-hmm. pretty much the last week. And, uh, yeah, absolutely eye-expanding eye stats there. I mean, it blows my mind to sit here and think about – because I saw – I think it was Jed Renning, somebody else had posted about it today, and I'm like, 
that's an insane amount of tackles for loss. It almost sounds no. unreal. Ridiculous, and, yeah. And if I can translate to, you know, even a fraction of that success in college play, he'll 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 be a first two rounder. <laughs> like that's oh yeah, you know that's an NFL type NFL type guy. You know if he's sure, doing that, insane, you know insane numbers. Yeah, and when you're drawing comparisons to Keem Mesidor, that's that's big. So yeah. um, he's a guy that I, I think could see in the rotation. Back. Yeah, exactly. One on each side. Whew. Oh, buddy, this defensive line is going to be something, and hopefully this defense is going to be a force. Uh, pass rush may be something to be reckoned with moving forward. But uh, speaking of defense, sticking on that side of the ball with the highest-rated player in this uh, class, uh, judging by 247 Sports Composite, ESPN 150 guy, a guy that West Virginia went and stole from the Miami Hurricanes from the U. A lot of people thought that he'd end up there because he's from Miami, Florida. But we're talking Jacoby Spells, the corner, six foot, 170 pounder via American Heritage High School in Miami, Florida. This guy's an absolute stud, um, athletic, uh, played receiver and corner. Could play corner for West Virginia, could play safety, but he's a guy that I don't think will redshirt that I think could get on the field. Um, he's that talented. Um, what are your thoughts on Jacoby Spells, Bradley? Yeah, this is definitely the one of the class. I mean, definitely he's got he's from American Heritage Plantation down there. I mean, that's a football football high school, you know, like that's one of those elite top twenty five type programs out there that's you know, that's all they do is play football. And Jacoby Spells is an absolute steal. I mean, we we pulled him out from underneath Miami and I remember watching his commitment on CBS, I think it was CBS Sports. CBS Sports, and yeah. He pulled that blue and gold hat, and I literally ran through my house dancing. It was that kind of excitement. <laughs> exactly, you know? same. He's a person. He's a guy that you're going to see come on the field and play immediately. I mean, I think that he's going to be out there fighting because that's where we've been struggling at anyway. And I think this is another one of the guys that you're going to recognize when they're on that field. I think him and Mumu, when you see them out there, is going to be uh, a real fun game to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I think so, and I think both could uh, contribute sooner rather than later. And then uh, sticking with the uh, defensive backfield with our next signee, um, a guy that's uh, listed as a safety, um, really athletic guy, you know, another under-the-radar guy. He's a three-star guy, but, you know, has a lot of potential, really high ceiling. And we're talking Christian Stokes, six-foot-180 guy, another guy that's still out of Big Ten country there in Harper Woods, Michigan, being his hometown via Harper Woods High School. A lot of good things I've heard about Stokes. Uh, see him all over Twitter. You know, he's one of those guys like Mumu and Nico, and, you know, the list goes on. They're really promoting West Virginia and, you know, recruiting other guys there. So we love to see that. And he's really bought into this program, and he's an extremely athletic guy. I think a lot of speed with Christian Stokes. A lot of people was wondering if he'd play offense or defense. He's sticking with defense and coming to the Mountaineers. Uh, what are your thoughts on Stokes? Yeah, Stokes is what I'm excited about. And I think he's kind of underrated. I think he's uh... – I think they got to listen at like an 85 on uh, 20, uh, 247. But I really think it's – I think he plays at a higher level than that. And I think that we've been hitting that area of Michigan. We've been hitting Michigan, Pennsylvania, and then you said Georgia and Florida. I think they're the four states that we've really been trying to crush. I feel like about every other day I see kids from yep. um, those four states, you know, getting offers. And I think Christian Stokes is going to be – we need depth back there so bad, and you're filling in that depth with – a really high quality player that's got a lot of upside. I mean, Christian Stokes has had a had a heck of a year this year uh, in high school, and I think that you know if he grows into himself and he can you know really develop through his program, he's going to be a, he's going to be a guy that you're going to see starting in probably two or three years if he stays. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, now the next guy, we mentioned him briefly, early, early, uh, briefly earlier. Gosh, I'm just strip, tripping over all the words today. But uh, <laughs> we're talking Oliver Ollie Straw, the six foot two, 220-pound punter out of Australia, you know, pro kick Australia. Uh, Josh Groudon's involved there. He's the guy that turned uh, turned him on to Ollie Straw. And uh, via Josh Groudon's own words, he has a stronger leg than Josh Groudon, who was a fan favorite, you know, in Neil Brown's first season. And these Australian punters, we've seen how successful they've been. And we've got another one here in Ollie Straw. Potential to start right away next season, I think. He's a guy that they said can kick with either foot. So they can roll him out left. They can roll him out right. They said he can do spiral punts, or end-over-end punts, rugby style, you know, what have you. So, the, the you know, it's really going to throw the return teams off if you're not going to know what foot he's going to kick it with, what side he's going to roll out to. And uh, Neil Brown himself said he's a guy that could be a potential game-changing type of weapon on special teams because – with the way that you know he kicks with either foot and can roll either way, he said teams may have to deploy two return men back on punt, which means you know less coverage and and things like that. So and his hang time, I saw you know videos is absolutely ridiculous. So really, field position is such an important stat that gets overlooked, and he's a guy that could really contribute to West Virginia having a big advantage in in field position over the next four years. And I'm really excited about Ollie Straw coming in from Australia. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, it's a bit of a place we struggle with, and we've had good punters, but they've not been super consistent. And with Neil Brown's offense, he's super control heavy. So you know, wants to control time of possession, wants to move the ball at his own pace, and being able to control a little bit better and have a you know a really solid punter back there is exciting. Plus, Mountaineer fans know we've always loved our punters and our kickers. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And this is going to be a guy that I think is going to be a fan favorite with the way he's going to. He's going to perform, and I think we're talking about a four-year starter, in my opinion. I think he comes in, wins the job right away, and uh, he'll be a weapon. He'll be a weapon for sure. Um, moving on along here, three guys left. Uh, we've talked tonight, 19 of them. we got three more to get to the 22 that have signed thus far. And uh, flipping back over to the offense, another offensive lineman, the tallest of the offensive linemen that West Virginia has signed thus far, and we're talking Sullivan Soli. Weedman, six foot six, three hundred pounder from Franklin, Massachusetts, via Dexter Southfield School, and uh, another guy with great size coming in. You know, you've seen West Virginia want these, want this length and want this size, and you know they're adding it again with another offensive lineman that's over six foot five. You know, six foot six and already three hundred pounds. And you know, as, as we said, he'll have time to develop. You know, beyond that as well, uh, get the technique up and everything. As West Virginia continues to build this offensive lineup, and I like. Uh, where it's heading, what are your thoughts on Soli? Yeah, he's another one of those guys right in there with, uh, you know, like Maurice Hamilton and uh, Katarinik and Landon Livingston. I think that these are your backups that you're looking at this year. And uh, these are guys who are going to develop and play once our really talented linemen up and, you know, leave either to the NFL or whatever happens them next. So, yeah, I think it's just another one of those depth, depth guys. You're not going to see him a lot this year, probably, but you're definitely going to see him in the years to come. Yeah, you got to build your program from the trenches out, and West Virginia is definitely doing that with what we've seen, what they're adding, offensive line and defensive line wise, and that's another guy that's going to continue to build that depth out, and you know, be a piece, um, you know, in the future, you know, down the road. Um, speaking of a guy that's, uh, you know, big time recruit, another four star player. And uh, we're talking about a, another receiver in Jarrell Williams, six foot two, one hundred eighty-five pounder, Saraland, Alabama, Saraland High School. Um, 
he's a guy that, you know, has potential to contribute on special teams right away. He was a good return man in high school. So, as we said before, West Virginia is going to be trying out punt returners. So, he's a guy that could definitely audition there. And who knows, that may be his way onto the field earlier than expected is, you know, on special teams. Uh, West Virginia is getting a little bit older there at the receiver. I think they'll have three or four seniors at receiver next year. So, you know, even if you don't see him too much next season, you know, potential to redshirt, he's a four-star guy that definitely will contribute down the road with a lot of potential here in the next couple of seasons. West Virginia uh, will look for some younger receivers here, maybe not next season so much, but definitely in 2023. And uh, this guy's a big-time get for West Virginia. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's – I think you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about our wide receiver rooms getting older. And so, um, yeah, you're probably going to see him redshirt this year. You'll get to see him in his four games. And uh, it's somebody to be really excited about going forward. And it's that nice six foot two build that's going to go up there and probably high point a ball, you know, take the top off probably of a, a defense. And it's somebody definitely to look forward to, especially if he can develop really well and uh, we can get him into a good uh, strength and conditioning program, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mike Joseph, get a hold of him, put a little weight on him, put a little more, more muscle on him, and uh, he'll be a force to be re- reckoned with in the future, uh, no doubt, I believe. And rounding out um, our signees thus far, a guy that's been committed for a long time, I believe he was one of the very first commits, if not the very first commit of this uh, 2022 class way back when, you know, in the fall. And we're talking Tyron would be six foot one, 170 pound corner from Upper Marlboro, Maryland uh, via St. Francis Academy. Another guy, you know, as we said, length is the length is the theme with this class, and that's a good size at corner there at six foot one. Um, future contributor there in Tyron Woodby, don't you think, Brad? Yeah, he's. You'll probably see him play a little bit this year. I don't know if they'll redshirt him or not out there, um, but definitely going to be a developmental guy. You're going to perfect length that you're looking for back there. Uh, you know, I think that some of the other guys are a little bit more talented in this class. You're probably going to get a shot at it first. So definitely going to be one of the guys that. Um, you know, it goes more towards the development side of the program than immediate impact side of the program. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. You know, uh, developmental program, as Neil said, and he's one of those guys going to be thrust into that developmental stage of the program, but uh, good potential for the future and good length and athleticism as West Virginia continue to try and get longer and more athletic uh, with this class. And I think they've done a great job of doing so. So um, if you're just joining us here, we're live on YouTube and uh, live on our Facebook um if you're hearing this in the audio, we'll flip this into a podcast uh, for you guys to check out as well on our podcast, which you can find on all the platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, what have you. But uh, this has been the class, you know, that's what Virginia has so far, 22 signees. Neil has said Virginia will take 32, um, so 10 more spots still left. I'm sure they'll save some of those even for after spring, you know, because you'll get some transfers in. So you'll probably see, you know, five to six more signed before spring during spring and then you know hold you know four or five for after spring and then get up to that 32 by the time fall camp begins which is big for West Virginia because they signed that 432 they're going to be up around 80 scholarship players which is something Neil has been trying to get to since he got here you know and finally in his fourth year getting up there to the full allotment of scholarship players as he was left a bear cupboard you know down there right at 50 or 51 players I think when he took over just terrible scholarship number players and he's finally built that up with the ability to sign this 32 this year, he should have that up around 80. Uh, that being said, 10 spots uh, left. Um, some potential guys that West Virginia could add, Bradley. Um, anyone you want to name off the top of your head that you know that West Virginia may be looking at to add that you think could fill uh, one of those potential uh, 10 remaining spots? I mean, I don't have any particular players off the top of my head that I think we might go after, but I think that 
we might try to go for uh, – I, th- I think we still need – we might go for a little bit more on the defensive side, I think. I think in the offensive side, we're pretty picked on the lineman that we wanted. We might go for another wide receiver out there because I know that we lost K.J. Thomas, so they might turn around and try to find another wide receiver to fill in out there. Um, but, yeah, no, I none, none of them off the top of my head that I can think of. But then again, I've been bombarded by just – football offers scholarships and people accepting and people decommitting left and right. So I've, you know, I couldn't, couldn't keep up with all of them. Yeah, I get that for sure. It's uh it's a lot to take in. I know I've got a couple um, that I, really just two that I can think of off the top of my head. I, you know, I know, like you said, position wise, I think we're, you know, probably maybe add another lineman or two, you know, one on each side of the ball. Probably I could see, I could see linebacker being a target. I think the main one you're definitely going to see is safety. You're going to see either whether it be JUCO or traditional transfer, or if she's going to add at least one more safety to try and come in and help them right away. The guy I have my eye on at that spot is uh, Joseph Charleston, Clemson transfer, uh, visited with um, Lynn J. Dixon at the Texas game. I think that's a guy that I believe he started six games for Clemson this year at safety, uh, 68 tackles over his time there. Um, he would have two years left as well, I believe. But that's the guy that I've got my eye on, hopefully hoping to add at safety. But – who knows, you know, they may have some more in and out of the portal or whatever. And then the other interesting name that I've seen lately pop up, um, saw an article about it that West Virginia has some interest in is a quarterback, actually. Um, this guy is the number two ranked – let me make sure that's right here. Let me pull up this transfer portal. Yeah, the number two quarterback in the transfer portal, number nine ranked player overall in the transfer portal. And he's come from the FCS and the school uh, called Incarnate Word. I'm sure some people have heard of that before. But the guy threw for the – third most yards in the nation, 4,300, 40-some touchdowns, and a lot of programs have their eye on him. His name's Cameron Ward. I believe he just visited Ole Miss recently, but a ton of guys in on him, Houston, uh, Kentucky, Indiana, uh, and West Virginia, you know, uh, apparently one of those teams that has some interest in him as well. So maybe keep your eye out there. I don't know if West Virginia will end up uh, adding him or not, but if if Daggy doesn't come back, which at this point, as I said, I personally am kind of leaning towards that he's not, but that's just my thinking. You know, we'll have to see how that plays out. But if Daggy doesn't come back, I would not be surprised to see West Virginia add a transfer portal quarterback of some sort so that they're just not so young at that position because if not, you're talking a sophomore, a redshirt freshman, and a true freshman. So I think that that's somewhere else West Virginia may look uh, to fill one of those uh, 10 spots. So just a couple of names to keep an eye on there. Yeah. Uh, In the comments, yeah, spicy stuff there. So uh, we'll see, you know, if – you never know. But, uh, yeah, Cameron Ward's a name to watch. Uh, he's going to be somewhere in uh, Division One next season. I don't know if it will be the Mountaineers necessarily or not, but it's going to be somewhere, and uh, West Virginia apparently has interest. So we'll see. Uh, Joseph Charleston, definitely, though, he has visited. And uh, so that's a name to keep an eye on that I think could wind up in Morgantown, and fingers crossed that he does. Uh, but uh, in the comments here, we got Ron Mathena. Why does the NCAA, NCAA even have a signing day anymore? With the new transfer portal, signing day doesn't even mean anything anymore, just my opinion. Let's go, Mountaineers. Yeah, I know, I've seen a lot of talk about that, and I even uh, heard Shane Lyons today. They were asking um, if they may move signing day again. I don't know if that means moving it up, moving it back, uh, what have you, but I don't know. I think I think that I'm more of the in the camp of instead of having a signing day, why not just let these players kind of sign when they want to, you know, instead of having these signing periods and, you know, you get these guys committing, decommitting and stuff. Why not just have a guy when he's committed, you know, go ahead and let him sign whenever he wants to. I think that would be more effective really than, you know, having an actual signing day. But uh, personally for, in my opinion, I, I just like it. I get excited about it when it comes around because you get to see 
who you're going to get. You know, we get to sit here and, and, you know, talk about it. And then you get to look at how many spots you got left that you can add and everything. But I, I do, you know, um, transfer portal is a touchy subject for sure. A lot of people think it's ruining it. A lot of people think it, it's good. And I think in West Virginia's case, it's good and bad. You know, we've seen a lot of people leave, but also in West Virginia's case, it's good because, you know, a lot of these five-star guys are one of these programs that are loaded and they're going to end up leaving. And we've seen some of those guys fall into West Virginia's lap. And, you know, you get some guys that traditionally you wouldn't be able to sign out of high school. You know, West Virginia's not signing Lynn J. Dixon out of high school, a guy that high rated, but they can get him through the transfer portal and you can go on and on, you know, with, you know, names like that, you know, Will Greer, you know, West Virginia wasn't getting him out of high school, but they ended up getting him as a transfer as well. So I think there's good and bad to it as there, as there is anything. But uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, signing day and, and the transfer portal a little bit, Brad? Yeah, signing day, I don't have like a extreme feeling to it. I think it's like a kind of like a nice day for guys though too. Like Christmas, it gives them, you know, a set date to be like, oh, you know, I've got to decide by this date or I'd like to be able to decide by this date, you know gives them a little bit of structure that they don't necessarily have to worry about. Cause then if you got, you got uh, guys like signing as soon as they feel like they're committed, you know, yeah, I'll go ahead and sign. And then, you know, if they change their mind two weeks later or like two months later, you know, then they're, it's a little bit tougher spot for the kids. So I don't really feel any type of way about the signing day. I'm cool with having, it makes me excited. It gives me something to look forward to. Yeah. That, but if they got rid of it, it's not going to break my heart, you know? Yeah. Um, transfer portal wise. Yeah. Exactly what you said. I think it, like I said earlier in the, in the show, if we're going to be losing as much as we've been losing, we start, we got to start getting just as much, you know, in return, at least trying to break even on it and stuff like right. that with Lynn J. Dixon and stuff like that. Uh, I think we're doing good at that. And so it's, it sucks for that we're losing kids, but we, it's also great that we're getting the portal giveth and the portal taketh. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that's, that's all you can say. That's all you can say at this point. Cause it's, it's here to stay, you know, it's, it's not, it's not going away. You know, the players, Players would ride at this point if they had to sit out a year again. So, um, you know, but uh, Ryder Deem, uh, Mortimer would have been nice, but a solid day overall for sure. Yeah, I was hoping to flip Mortimer, Mortimer as well, but uh, signing uh, Jeremiah Aaron, you know, kind of surprised me and kind of filled that void for me. So, uh, you know, I was upset about it, but then when we got Jeremiah Aaron, the Juco receiver, I really like that. And I, I think, and, you know, my potential – my bold prediction is Jeremiah Aaron will be the team's punt returner next season. Just right now, that's just kind of what I think. I think he's got that potential. So I like signing Aaron. Would love to have Mortimer too, but hey, one out of two is not bad. So I'll take it. Um, Ryan Mathena also very true. Love the show, brother. Keep him coming. Hey, we definitely will. We appreciate that for sure. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Um, we'll definitely keep him coming. We'll have the uh, bowl game preview uh, coming up here in about a about a week or so. Probably try and drop that a few days before the game. You know, whenever we can all three get together. You know, Steven's working today, but we're all three going to get together for the for the bowl game preview. So we'll have that coming, and then of course we'll have the bowl game reaction, and uh, we'll do a season wrap up show, and then have some things coming throughout the off season as well as as news breaks and such. But uh, it's been the signing day recap. Uh, 22 players in the class so far for West Virginia in the year 2022. And talking ranking wise, it's really impressive. You know, I know they've dropped, you know, from the top 25. I think they're about 30 or so now, which is still good for West Virginia, you know, potentially. Um, and the, the biggest thing that stands out to me as far as the ranking is third best class in the Big 12, which is potentially, you know, as good as it gets. You know, you're probably not going to beat Texas or Oklahoma, who's one and two. I don't know who's one and who's two. But being third in the Big 12 is really good and a place West Virginia hasn't been uh, recruiting that high in the Big 12. So third-ranked class in the Big 12 right now is huge for West Virginia. And this is a really imp impressive class already, and West Virginia is still going to add 10 more spots. And 
And I think in those 10 spots, you'll see guys that are going to contribute right away and help um, next season for sure. Um, that being said, Bradley, uh, any final thoughts, anything you want to touch on here before we uh, get out of here? Yeah, man. Somebody go save my dude Steven from Chili's up there. Yeah, he needs. Yeah, you know, they're <laughs> they got the man up there slaving. He just yeah. he can't get away. He worked like fourteen days straight, I think. <laughs> jeez, jeez. Yeah. But somebody's gonna save him. I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. We miss him. We miss him for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I guess that's it. I I don't really have nothing else to add. Uh, excited about the class. Uh, excited about uh, 2022. You know, I know we still got the bowl game. So uh, one more time to see the Mountaineers, and we'll talk about that as it gets as it gets closer. But uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it here for the signing day recap. As always, you know, follow us on Twitter at WVU Country Roads. Uh, like us on Facebook, Country Roads Webcast. Uh, subscribe to us on all the podcast platforms. You know, we're all over Apple, Google, Stitcher. Spotify, what have you, and then of course video versions up on YouTube and our Facebook page. Uh, bowl game preview coming soon, and then we'll uh, have another live stream for the uh, bowl game reaction. That being said, as always, I'm your host Jordan Cruz, and for my co-host Bradley. Until next time, let's go, Mountaineers. Mountaineers.